0: Bye. <laughs>
1: center how is everybody on this beautiful sunday night amen getting into the middle of november and it is absolutely awesome amen who was with us this morning thing, man we get to baptize about 20 people and then tonight we're baptizing two more people so let's get excited and praise jesus yeah it's gonna be night together and you picked a good night to be in the house of the Lord let's go ahead and stand up together we're gonna open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America and then we'll get into some announcements all right let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together father we come to you in Jesus name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America we declare that righteousness Mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school. In every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right, you may be seated. Okay, we're going to get into some announcements here. We've got a lot going on over the next few weeks, as you well know, but this... Thursday night is uh, the servant leadership night, and so at 6 p.m. is... Uh, wait, no, it's, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm catching a, a typo here. You know, well, who better to fix that than my wife? Let's hear it from my wife, everybody.
2: <laughs> well, Thursday night's a little busy, so 5 o'clock this Thursday is another meeting for those of you whose kids are in the Christmas play, so 5 o'clock in... Victory, thank you, Ms. Desiree. Five o'clock in Victory Hall. Six o'clock is our department director's meeting. And seven o'clock for servant leadership. So if you come from five and you stay till eight, it's all good. The only trouble is I don't have dinner for you. But you can bring dinner for me. That's totally good.
1: And great is your reward in heaven. Someone say amen. (laughs) <laughs> amen. That's right. Amen. Okay. So you got that Thursday night, 5 p.m. If your kids want to be in the Christmas play, 6 p.m. Servant leadership. Uh-huh. Six o'clock director, seven o'clock servant leadership. Okay. Very good. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, who's ready for Thanksgiving? Is anybody with me on that? It's, it's about time. It's about time. So uh, this coming Sunday, okay, this coming Sunday, Right after the morning service is our annual Thanksgiving dinner. It is, I mean, just one of the best days of the whole year. So, it'll be right after the service. Uh, we're passing this sign up sheet around. You sign up to bring some food. It's a big family dinner. Alright, for you Sunday night people, there's no Sunday night service next week. So keep that in mind. Uh, but after clean up and everything after the service, it's a, uh, it's a pretty long day. <laughs> so, there's no Sunday night service next Sunday night. So if if possible, be here for the morning service and have Thanksgiving dinner with us. It's going to be great. All right. And then the next Sunday after that, uh, the 26th of November is our annual Christmas came early party. Is anybody excited for this? Amen. So that'll be Sunday, the 26th um, at 6 p.m., okay? And so we want everybody to be there for that. It's going to be a super fun night. Every household, every family, bring a dozen cookies to share. Uh, the church will provide drinks like hot chocolate and all that fun stuff. Uh, wear an ugly sweater if you got one, all right? Come on. And then uh, we always do a, a gift exchange. Now, this is optional, but I highly encourage you to get involved because it's super fun. But the gift exchange... Uh, 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 let's See youth group through adults, uh, a five dollar maximum gift, and then <clears throat> children's church on down is a uh, maximum one dollar gift. All right, somewhere in that price range, so that'll be awesome. All right, we have a bin over there uh, at the info booth for uh, food donations for the enriched food pantry. Okay, and we're getting uh, Thanksgiving dinners together. It's been great. Um, they had a hundred turkeys were donated, so that's all taken care of. That's the biggest expense. And then we still need canned yams, canned pumpkin, canned cranberry, evaporated milk, and boxed potatoes. So, uh... We have until really next Sunday will be the, the last chance to bring this stuff in. So uh, if you can, bring in some of those items. I'll put them on the social media this week, again, so you can see the list of it. But, uh, we, you know, we'd really love uh, for everybody to be able to help out with that. And then the last thing is this, is that we are doing a toy drive for Greater Hope Foundation's foster care agency. This is for uh, the Christmas season. And you're like, well, we're doing a lot. Yeah, we're definitely... uh we know, we want to be givers this holiday season because the Lord has blessed us. Amen. We want to do our part. And so um, the Enrich, uh, excuse me, the Toy Drive, uh, you can start bringing in toys for any ages, babies on up to teenagers. Uh, there's an info card back there at the booth that gives you some ideas of some things that they really need. So let's bring those in brand new. And uh, we want to make Christmas good for some kids this year. Amen. All right. Well, uh, if you are with us for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, we want to welcome you, our welcome team as an info packet for you. So if you could raise your hand for just a minute. If you are with us for the first time, first time in a long time, anyone? All right, over here. Praise God. This is Leah. Amen. Leah's gonna, uh, give you a, a welcome packet there. And, uh, there's, if you would fill out that information card and turn it into the info booth after the service, we've got a gift card and a, and a nice uh, coffee cup for you. We want to welcome you to High Desert Word Center. Amen. Alright. Does anybody know what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time, amen You're like, well, what's that? Well, the Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver And so we get really happy when we've got a chance to be givers uh, Let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 Matthew 6, I'll be in the NLT tonight Matthew chapter 6. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get one for you. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. So Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at verse 24. Matthew 6 and verse 24. And these are the words of Jesus. It's in red, the words of Jesus. He said, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. And we're like, well, what's he talking about? Then he, he straight up says it. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Amen. And so when we're serving God, hey, we'll do whatever he says to do. If we're serving money, we'll do whatever it tells us to do but the scripture tells us you got to pick one or the other so is money bad no it doesn't say that money's bad it just says it's bad to serve money and let money own you we're to own money not money owning us and so whenever the Lord is our master we've got no problem being a giver you know helping out this toy drive back there bringing in food uh, for the food pantry or or giving our tithe to the Lord those things aren't an issue for us because money isn't my boss Jesus is my my boss. Amen. And that's a good way to live our lives. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and speak some words of faith over our giving. So let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. We're going to speak some faith over our our tithes and our offering. Then we're gonna get into some worship. We're gonna have a, the the message tonight. Pastor's preaching about healing once again, so that's super important, especially this time of year. Then we're gonna be doing some baptisms here at the end of the service, and I'm really excited about that. So let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises, and bonuses
3: If you want, you can join us at the altar for praise and worship, and let's sing to the Lord together.
0: Go down into darkness, you reach down to say the divine. Lost in our sin, you made us alive. How can we ever hold it inside? We can't hold back. We're gonna lift you higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it light. in our sin. You made us alive. How can
3: Jesus, you're still enough keep me within your love my heart will sing your praise again Your promise still stands And great is your faithfulness Faithfulness still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never fail. Your promise, your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence You never failed me Do it again. I'll see you do it again. Your promise still stands. And great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence. Never failed me Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence That you never failed me I've seen you move You move Stands, and great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness, I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never failed me, and I never will forget that you never failed you never failed me, and I never will forget, that you never failed me.
4: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're so grateful for the Bible, because we know the Bible is you talking to us. And you told us you would never leave us or forsake us. You're always with us. Lord, you told us that nothing's impossible with you. And so I pray for the people that are here, for the ones that are watching online. Lord, I want to thank you that no matter what they're going through, what they're looking at, if they will listen to the word of God tonight, then they'll know in their hearts that with you, nothing's impossible because they can do all things through christ that's you who strengthens them lord you told us in hebrews chapter 12 to keep our eyes on you and look away from all that will distract lord i know all the giants around us they're telling us what we can't do they're telling why we won't win they're telling us how bad we are we don't deserve anything lord I want to thank you that people are going to recognize that you're greater than any giant. You're greater than any man. You're you're greater than any impossibility. You're greater. And Lord, you did say in John 14, if we ask anything in your name, you will do it. Let the people see tonight from their hearts to override their minds and their stinking thinking. Let them see. that's you that's talking to them and you're greater and they can't ask anything that's in the bible and you said you're the one that'll do it thank you for faith being built up in their hearts in their thinking and lord i just want to thank you that whatever it is that they need you're going to speak to me tonight and you're going to answer questions you're going to give them hope give them faith and they're going to see some giants fall Mountains be removed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm looking around the smiling faces, the expectancy that's in the air, and knowing that people tonight are going to hear from God. And they're going to know in their hearts that the Bible is Jesus talking to them. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight we're on our, our, our healing. We're going to be in part three. But I want to show you a couple books out of the bookstore first. And we're going to be teaching, if you want to write this down, as a believer, there is healing in your hands. As a believer, there is healing in your hands. And so the first book I want to show for the bookstore, a little mini book, Called laying on of hands laying on of hands simple little book but a lot of the truths in this book here I'll be teaching tonight from the Bible and people have just got to get the to settle in their thinking that the Bible really is Jesus talking to you it really is and, and you should be able to trust the word of Jesus more than you do some person on earth like a banker a court authority amen a doctor, a lawyer, whoever it is that talks to you on earth that you have faith in, you should have more faith in Jesus. A lot of times people say, "Well, Jesus has never said anything to me." Every time you read your Bible and the Holy Spirit's leading you to passages, that's Jesus talking to you. And then another book says are teaching on healing is how to keep your healing. How to keep your healing? A lot of people receive healing from Jesus, and then the devil comes. It gets on your shoulder like the little cartoon, the little thing with the pitchfork in his hand and then the little angel's wings on the other one. he will start whispering in your ear. Well, you didn't really get healed because you're still sick. Faith believes the word over circumstances. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. I want to say that again. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. Too many Christians because they on occasion visit a church like this here where people talk about healing and testimonies of healing and things like that Uh, they just hear part of the message they don't hear the message and so if something happens to them they go to a doctor and then they start praying that's not true, it's not true, it's not true well it's a fact if the doctor did their scientific medical test on you and they see it, it's there you don't deny it's there but your faith can change what's there your faith your faith can tap into heaven and bring healing down to go into your physical body and then what's there, it will go and just as the microscope the blood test, whatever kind of things they're doing saw something then they when it's gone, they can see that it's gone too and so there's difference between faith and fear I've had people come up to my line before for healing, want me to pray for them and said, Pastor I went to the doctor this week, they read tests they saw this, this, this and this just agree with me that, that that is not there and just agree with me that they're wrong and a lot of times what I say if I know they can handle it I'll say why did you go to the doctor if you don't want to believe the doctor why did you waste your money waste your time then go there and then say my doctor's a liar your doctor if you got a good doctor he's a good guy he's on my side wanting to help people I'm on his side wanting to help people and so we we're unless he's a good christian doctor that knows about healing we're just operating in two different arenas amen amen i'm operating in the spiritual arena to change natural things he's operating in the natural re- arena to use medication and things he does to try to change things change physical things but all healing comes from jesus amen and so faith doesn't deny things. so if if you're, if, if you're sick and been diagnosed, you can't go around and say, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer. That's doing nothing to change it. I don't have high blood pressure, I don't have high... Yes, you do, but the things we teach from the Bible will change that, where the cancer will leave, the blood pressure will change, but it takes faith in the Word, not fear in the circumstances. Can you see the difference? You might see the difference. Denial's one thing. Faith is another thing. If it's there, then what I say a lot of times when I'm praying with people, what I did in my own life, when you go to the doctors, they show you the target to hit with your faith. A lot of times you're going through things, you got symptoms, you got problems, you got pains and things aren't right, and you pray the best you know how, but you don't know what you're shooting at. And so once you've got a target and you, and you see what it is, you speak to that mountain. Start using your faith, and it'll go. Amen. Amen. It might not go overnight, but it might. But the thing is, faith in the Word of God always works. Amen. Say, let me say, faith in the Word of God always works, because Jesus and the Word are one and the same. And Jesus never fails. Amen, amen, amen. So as a believer... There is healing in your hands. Look at your hands. And you might not know this. Look at your hands. Just look at them. Am I speaking in English or what kind of crowd we got here? <laughs> we a different le- I don't see very many people looking. Look at your hands. There's healing in your hands. And you're going to see that from the word of God. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 16. And I want to look at verse 17. And Jesus said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. I want you to get this because your thinking's got to be changed. You're not spiritual because you feel spiritual. You're spiritual because Jesus lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. has nothing to do with how you feel. It's because of who's in you. And so he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. So I want to ask you a question. And I, I'm not the kind of preacher that sets you up to embarrass you that when I ask you a question that you want to give an answer like yes well I'm afraid to he's going to embarrass me I'm not going to embarrass you he said "Of these signs to follow them that believe let me ask you a question not only you can answer this are you a believer are you a believer alright so then say this Jesus is talking about me because I'm a believer now say that again say Jesus is talking about me because I'm a believer. Okay, now look at this. He says, in my name, in my name shall they cast out demons. Okay, not, not, not because you're real full of faith or because you're a super duper saint. He said, in my name, in my name shall they cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues and a bunch of people here got baptized in the Holy Ghost three weeks ago tonight. And they speaking in tongues now. And they're praying in tongues. How many here got filled with the Holy Ghost that I started speaking in tongues? Amen. Amen. That's, that's one of the signs of a believer that gets filled with the Spirit. They shall take up serpents. And that's talking about you've got authority over demon spirits. You've got authority over the devil. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. He's telling you some of the things because he's in us and we're in him. That we don't go around picking up snakes. We don't go around trying to try to uh, drink, drink bad things or see something's outdated by two years think well I can eat it it's blessed well you might be blessed or not blessed it depends on how mercy's running in your life that day but he said if we drink any deadly thing and what that means is that if something, if something gets in out there you didn't know about you're totally innocent and that got into your system Jesus is going to heal you Hey man, that become real to me back in 1980 when i got born again i had a truck route in indianapolis indiana i was a truck driver and uh at the at the american legions the national headquarters was one of my customers that i delivered to well that year there was a thing called legionnaire's disease happened anybody ever hear of legionnaire's disease well that was real to me it killed a lot of people and it started it started right there at that headquarters where i delivered to they had some kind of a virus, bacteria, or something got into the air conditioning system. They had the National Convention there had a bunch of American Legion guys died. And so after that they called that Legionnaire's Disease and when it, that thing comes up around the world that's what they still call it, Legionnaire's Disease because of that. And so, and so the whole thing was I learned out of that if deadly things get in us that we're believers walk with Jesus and our faith is in the Word of God, He'll protect us. Sometimes things happen you don't know anything about and he protects us and so what I always said, said for myself but I but back then and it's always worked in my life that somehow some way I've been a crowd of people and poison food got in there I eat it because I always pray over my food and he said it's sanctified by the word of God and prayer, Pray over my food and I'm not going to die, I might belch well something's got to come out if you get messed up on the inside bad things happen and so I might I might belch or something else, but I'm not going to die. Amen. This is the word of God. Did, did Jesus say that's one of the signs follow believers? Amen. said, if any deadly thing gets in your system, it's not going to hurt you. But then what I'm getting down to is this. They shall lay hands on the sick and hope for the best. They shall lay hands on the sick and you never know what God might do. Well, I know what, I know what He will do. Jesus said they'll recover. He said they will recover. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so, uh, who did Jesus say is supposed to lay hands on the sick in His name? Believers. Believers. I, w- I want to ask the question again. How many believers do we have in here? If you're a believer, hold up your hand. Not going to call you out. Not going to embarrass you. Okay. Got a lot of believers. And by the time I get finished tonight, you're going to see that'll be a regular part of your daily life because you're a believer. All right. Believers supposed to preach the gospel to every creature. That's in the verses right before this. Supposed to share our faith. Believers supposed to pray. But he said, believers lay hands on the sick and his name, they shall recover. Amen. Amen. I got notes I got to look at, but you know, I've, I've been doing this a long time. And I've got a lot lot of a lot of stories, a lot of things I've experienced. But the way I came into the kingdom of God, I I was I was with a person back in 1979 for a season, and they were very, very sick. And then a guy I worked with, he wasn't a Christian, but his wife was. And she started going to a Pentecostal church that did what we do, lay hands on people and pray for people, and people get healed. And so one day we were having lunch and he starts telling me about this church that his wife was going to his wife received healing on her back his father-in-law received healing and this guy this guy wasn't even a church person and so he's telling me these things and I wasn't either but I was starting to seek God and so he told me about this church and I took this person to this church in January first uh, Friday night in January of 1980 and we went to that church there and had this little old Pentecostal lady that she is about this tall but for up she's about this tall. That's, that's the absolute truth. She's my pastor, Sister Odell. She's in heaven now. But at the church there, when I went to the church there, I went up there, I looked up to her like that, but I didn't realize her eyes were down here. And so she got this bottle of oil, as she poured oil on my friend as she prayed over her. And so then, over the next few weeks, I started seeing that my friend was getting better. I went over to see Sister Odell one day, and she, I found out where she lived knocked on her door this little short lady answered the door and her hair was down I said is Sister Odell here? and she said Brother Samples I'm Sister Odell <laughs> I didn't say wow I didn't know that <laughs> but anyway that, that was Pentecostal and so my friend started getting better and we would visited that church every, every week we went there just going to the church there didn't know what was going on but we saw one thing was going on they laid their hands a lot of people and prayed but they didn't teach the Bible and tell us what they were doing, and so all I knew is I saw what they did, and so my friend still needed healing some other things, and so I called the truck driver's wife, and I said, "Hey, uh, we 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 have decided, and this this is pretty much by exact words, we've decided that God's real. Because we saw things getting better, we sensed the spirit in that church there didn't know what it was used to be a place in that same area." Called the Grove, and before I become a believer, I went to the Grove. It was a nightclub, and they had what we got up here. They had instruments, they had drums, guitars, keyboards, and stuff like that. But they wasn't playing Christian music. And so when I started going to the Pentecostal church. They had the same instruments. Was right down the road about a mile, but I didn't know what the anointing was. That's the presence of Jesus. And so I knew that's the same music, what the well, words. But I mean the same stuff they're doing. But this makes me feel good. It was the anointing causing things to happen. So I knew that atmosphere. And so I called Debbie and I said, I said, we're having, we're having a talk here. We decided, we decided that God's real and that he started healing her body. And so if he's real, we've decided that it wasn't Sister Odell at the church that did that. It was Jesus that did it. And we didn't know anything about anything like you know, most of you know. And so I said, well, if that was God, using her hands, then I want to pray for her right here because if he's there, then he's hearing me talk now. And so I said, how do you pray? Isn't that a question? How do you pray? I didn't know. Didn't know anything. And so whatever it was she told me, this, this is what hands became surreal to me. I reached over and touched her and when I did electricity, From my elbow to my fingertips came out and knocked us out. Knocked us out. Well, that week, that week, healing in every part of her body manifested. It showed up. But the power of God came through me so strong. I've been I've been preaching now for 42 years. Been a believer for going on 44 years. I've never ever ever to this day felt that like that again. It was like lightning bolts came out. If I was standing in a bucket of water and stuck my hand in a light socket, I couldn't have got shocked anymore. Absolutely knocked us out, and all that hilly showed up in her body through my hands. Amen. And so the next day, then, next day, then I said, Jesus, I know you're real. I give my life to you, and I haven't turned around. But that was obviously—I want to tell you—I'm going to tell you something right here before we go. On. That was obviously a gift of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 called The Gifts of Healings. I've laid hands on blind people. i seen them instantly healed. I've laid hands on crippled people. And I've seen them instantly healed. I've laid hands on a man one time at the Atlanta airport down in Atlanta, Georgia and God gave him a new kneecap and he was deaf and he opened his ears. I wasn't a preacher, I was a believer. These signs shall follow me and I believe. And so when I learned this was real, I went around looking for sick people. On my jobs, people that weren't Christian weren't church people. I remember one day on on, on the truck dock I worked at, we we had a mechanic that was a good guy, but he wasn't a Christian guy. And on my job, people would probably think I was a fanatic, but I was just a believer. I went to a church that had a pastor like me that taught these things. And because he taught these things, like I teach these things, half the church believed him. And they went out and did what he did. So this mechanic, one day, I was on a forklift, on a tow motor, and he come walking past. And man, his head was down, his nose was snotting, and he was barely, barely moving. And back in those days, if you didn't work, you didn't get paid. Now most people still get paid whether they work or not. So even if he was sick, we had to work. He's walking, he's walking past me, and I said, I said, hey Gary, how you doing? And he, 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 he had some tow chains like you pull trucks with, and man, he was loaded down. And he said, "Oh man, I got the flu. I just—I had to come in, man. You know, we got—I got to feed the family." And so i was sitting up there. I just reached over with my hand before he could do what was going on. I stuck my hand on his head, and I said, "In the name of Jesus, receive your healing." About five or ten minutes later, I looked at the same Gary, had the same Chase skipping up the dock, just whistling and carrying on like that. I said, "Gary, how you doing?" I'm much better. Boy, I'm doing really good now. Well, these signs shall follow them that believe. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I want to say it again. Lots of times the gifts of healing will will work, but we don't know when they'll work because the Bible teaches us it's as the Holy Spirit wills. But here's what I want you to get tonight. Faith in his word will always work. I want to say that again. I'm going to look at... Look at this, the Bible teach you faith in the word of God will always work. <clears throat> it's not a magic wand. Some people don't just have the touch. There were some people we knew when we first came to California. They weren't church people. And his wife was sickly, they never went to church, but he found out that I had a quote healing ministry. And so one night this guy brought his wife to the church there and said just looked at me a grid like he knew something, man, she needs the touch you remember that <laughs> she needs the touch and I thought well she's probably not going to get the touch I'll pray for her but you guys do not know anything that's going on unless God miraculously does something here for you it's not the touch it's Jesus amen That is faith and so it's not the touch it's people that walk with Jesus and recognize Jesus wants to do something to them amen Amen. So anyway, we've seen a lot of things. And so uh, I I want to say it again. What did Jesus say would happen when a believer like you lays hands on the sick in his name? They what? They shall recover. They shall recover. Well, let's talk about recover for a minute. I'm thinking about that there. Has anybody here ever had surgery or know somebody's had surgery? What happens when you come out of the surgery room? What's the next room called? Recovery room. Okay? So when the surgery happened, you weren't instantly healed. Hopefully, they did something to take care of the problem that you had while you were there. And so you got a you got a re, a process called recovery. So they put you in the room there till you get to where they think we move you to another room or release you or whatever they do there, but recovery. That means the process has started. that yep doesn't mean you've arrived, but it started. And so when Jesus said that believers lay hands on the sick, then the process starts. Amen. And so uh, when Pastor Dave, a uh, little short guy in the front row, he was about this short until he got faith started growing up. But when he was about this tall, he was crippled and had leukemia. And so we took him to the hospital, had all the diagnosis and everything, but we had hands laid on him. We laid hands on him. Our pastor anointed him all the name of the Lord, prayed the prayer of faith. And so then people, while all these things are going on, he's in there, got all the, this is, this is a long time ago now, they're a lot more fancier now, but he was in a glass room. And they had all kinds of gauges of wires and hookups and beepers and all the stuff they had back then in that room there and It didn't look too good. But people asked me, how's David doing? And because, you, you see, as Christians, you can't go around and say a lot of spiritual things to non-believers. and Even some even some uh, other Christians don't know what the Bible says because they think you're nuts and you're in denial. So you've got to watch how you talk. And so I couldn't just say, well, he's in recovery. Because obviously, in the natural, he wasn't in recovery. So all I could say was this, he's getting better every day. What happens if you're recovering? You're getting better every day. So I told people, I said, David's getting better every day. Why did I say that? Because Jesus said that. He said, lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. They shall recover. Two weeks from diagnosis, he walked and leaped and sang and dashed out of the hospital. And the doctor said, there's no sign of leukemia in his body, just healthy cells. Well, they made a mistake the first time. Well, that's what one of them thought. When there uh, had, had a guy from the hospital, an elder come out to visit us, and while I was talking to him at the desk to go in and see Dave because he wanted to pray with him, uh, the doctor we were talking to, we weren't paying attention, we was talking to him, and people walk up and hand him these papers. They say, get me another one. Hand me these papers. Get me another one. Get me another one. And after a half hour, this doctor said, well, Mr. Samples, I gotta apologize to you. Ob- Here's what his exact words, obviously, there's something wrong with our equipment. And then it just so happened, During that season, I was teaching a healing school, spiritual healing like I'm teaching now, in a large church. And this doctor was the head of that healing school. He was a cancer doctor, medical doctor. He also believed what we believe. And so he told me after that, at that same time period, they had a medical retreat, and the doctors from that organization, the other doctors were there, and he told me these words. He said, Bernie, David was the topic of conversation the whole weekend these doctors could not figure out what happened all that millions of dollars worth of equipment told them there's no leukemia there but the same equipment two weeks ago told them there was there's no crippled there two weeks ago he was crippled amen and so listen these signs shall follow them that believe you've got to get this it may not be, it may not be something as serious as a serious cancer or a blindness or died of a heart disease. Whatever it is, Jesus never said, Well, if it's something minor, he said, These sides Father, believe the sick. Sick could be a cold. Sick can be a bellyache. Sick could be on a deathbed. Jesus didn't say, because the same power of God. That will heal a headache. It's the same power of God that'll raise somebody off a deathbed. It's the power of God, not yours. It's His. You're the conduit. Amen. And so anyway, uh, the anointing for healing is transmitted into the body and the healing process begins. Sometimes we see its results sometimes over a period of time. Now I want you to look at Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight. Verse fourteen and fifteen. I want you to see a pattern in the Bible. When I started to put this together <clears throat> last week, I was amazed. I don't know if you guys mark things your Bibles or not. You probably can't see my, my up here, but see all, see all that red writing through there. Over the years, as I've studied the Gospel, of the Book of Acts. I write things in my Bible and it surprised me how many times. All I do, when I see laid on a hands in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts, right beside it in big red letters, I write hands and point to the verse. And this is such a, a major theme of the New Testament of believers laying hands on people and getting them healed. I thought, wow. And so I had to really, really, really just determine which verse I want to show you tonight because I didn't, I, I, I could be here for pro- probably a couple hours. I go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts and show you so many verses where this was common practice for believers because Jesus said it. I want to say it again. Uh, Jesus said we ought to pray. So believers pray. Jesus said we should tithe. So believers tithe. Jesus said we love. So we love. Jesus said we should lay hands on the sick. So we should. Amen. Amen. How now? Probably no hands go up, don't expect it. But how many is this like a foreign language to you? you? Think, man, this this is unreal. Well, when I walked into that Pentecostal church, basically the church I went to when I when I was a young guy was Baptist. And the Baptists got a lot of people saved by saw somebody lay hands on anybody get them healed. And so when I went in there, they had a different kind of music than the piano and the organ. It was totally just tilt, 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 tilt. But I couldn't re, I couldn't deny the results of the healed bodies. Matter of fact, this morning I was talking to somebody in here about a, a recent healed baby in the church. And then he said, you know, what? there's been a lot of babies in here were healed out there. I said, yeah, we've had a lot of babies in this church that were basically born into a life of death. Spent their first several months in hospitals, but through faith of the word of God laid out of hands, they come out and they're living normal lives now. Yeah. Amen. It's, it's commonplace in our church. And so Matthew 8, verse 14 and 15, now look at this real closely. It says, and when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, that's his mother-in-law, laid as she was sick of a fever. And what did he do? He touched her hand, and the fever left her. That's called laying on of hands. He touched her hand. He touched her hand. It wasn't just a nice thing to do. He did it on purpose. He touched her hand, the fever left her, and then she arose and ministered unto them. She got up, she was healed. And so I want to make this statement. Jesus would never tell us do something without demonstrating how to do it. He would never tell us something without demonstrating how to do it. I remember I was on a federal jury back in 1981 in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was on a federal jury. I went every day for a couple of weeks on a federal jury. They had some guy that was an embezzler and we was on the jury case. And so one day I was going in there and when I was going in there, there's a big crowd down the lobby and this is only my second or third day there. I tried to figure out where to go. And so this lady was there and I wasn't paying much attention to her, just a crowd. So she's the first one I bumped into. I said, excuse me, can you tell me where the such and such a room is? And the woman said, I'm blind. I got cataracts. She had she see shadows, you know, just enough to kind of fill her way around. And she said, There's one of those things over there. And you know those little glass cases, the black thing you had to put white letters on? And she said, That'll tell you where. And she was as soon as she said though, I didn't care where I was going. All I thought and don't take this wrong, I thought, oh boy, a blind case. Because I saw everybody was a case. And that's a caseworker. And so the woman said, I got cataracts and I can't see. And so I, I looked at her and there's a crowd there. So I backed her up against the wall there out of the crowd because we were getting shoved around. I said, I said, do you want Jesus to heal you? And she said, yes. I laid my hands on her. Well, I laid my hand on her. She started crying. She said, I can see. I can see. I'm a believer. She was the sick. Amen. Amen. I, I just think about those different cases like it. I remember one time. Mrs. Pastors and I so much believe in this we had a street ministry in Noblesville, Indiana and we'd go around door to door and the Lord told us when people knocked on the door we went to a church up there we wasn't recruiting people for church we were just out doing what what was in us and the Lord said, say, is there any sick among you? and so we'd knock on the door and we'd just tell them, hey, we're Christians I'm Bernie, this is Janice, we're Christians is there any sick among you? And so we went to this one house one time in a ghetto area up there. And this little old lady was in there. And she said, oh, I'm so glad somebody, I've been praying for somebody to come to see me. Said, she said, I had a stroke. And I'm blind in one eye. And I'm crippled on this side. And I can't hardly do anything. except for a while, my church people came and visited me. They quit coming a long time ago. I've been praying for Jesus to send somebody. Long story short. Long story short, when you walk with the Holy Ghost... You know what to do. And so I started to lay hands on her and pray for her. And the Holy Ghost said, Don't pray for her. She doesn't need healing. That's a spirit of infirmity. And in Luke chapter 13, there's a woman that was that was crippled and had a spirit of infirmity. And so Jesus just told the demon to leave her, and the woman got healed that he laid hands on her. And so I stopped because I know what the Holy Spirit told me. So I looked at her and I pointed my hand at her. I said, you foul spirit of infirmity, I command you to loose her and let her go now in the name of Jesus. And then the woman, all of a sudden, her arm that would have been dead starts going like that. She starts going like that. He said, I'm tingling all over. And then her eye opened up. She said, I can see. I can see. And so we have to know how real healing is to Jesus. And that's why, you know, we're not teaching all the gifts of the Spirit, but I'm just giving you examples why you walk with the Holy Spirit when you're helping people because sometimes they don't need healing. They need other things. And then sometimes they need other things and not healing. see what I'm saying? And so that, that happened and we saw it happen right before our eyes. And so Jesus would never tell us to do something that he wouldn't do. He laid hands on Peter's mother-in-law and the fever left and she got up and started serving. Amen. Now look at Mark chapter six. Verse two, and I want to make sure that I don't go deep and lose you. I'm trying to keep everything' it's real simple because I know sometimes you get around people that know so much, they're overwhelmed, you don't know what it was they said. And so the thing is, I'm talking to people that are believer like me, you're simple. You're simple-minded. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not so religiously brainwashed that you know New Testament good. Sometimes people get so religiously brainwashed or have so much natural information in their heads, they try to figure out how. Well, I know who. And he takes care of the how. Back years ago, there's a man in my church, a very, very, very close friend. He was 42 years old. His wife was 36 years old. They have five kids. And he got killed. And so we were at the death place at the hospital and one of the sons was about nine or 10 years old. And he said, he said, pastor, pastor, what are we going to do? And what in my mouth was this? I don't know what we're going to do, but I know who. And so I'm saying right now for your benefit as we're teaching the word of God, you out there watching, shut off your stupid thinking. And don't try to figure out how. I don't know how. I know who. I know who, what he told me what to do. And when I do what, who told me what to do, which is Jesus, that I do my part and he does his part. Amen. Amen. So don't figure out. I know a few years ago, we were around some people and he'd been a preacher for a lot of years. His wife had been in a bad accident. She had some crippled stuff going on with her, different things. And uh, he knew how strong I preach healing. And so one day we were sitting down eating and all of a sudden looks up to me and he says, preacher tried to pray for my wife. And he's a preacher himself believes these same things, he said. He said, people try to pray for my wife all the time but she'll never receive her healing because it'll take two gifts of the Spirit. It'll take working in miracles, gifts of healings. I thought, duh. What are they there for? Did he ever say he can't use nine gifts if he wants to? There's nine there. And so you try to figure out why you've shut it down. Amen. Think about that. Think about that. How ignorant that is. You got somebody needs healing and think, well, God won't use two gifts to get this person healed. He can do whatever he wants to. Our part, our part is do what Jesus said. Jesus said we're supposed to lay hands on people. And he says he does the healing. Does that help anybody? Amen. So, you know, I, I know right now by the Spirit, somebody's still having a problem trying to figure this out. Shut up! Don't try to figure it out. Jesus already told us what to do. We do what he said to do. And so Mark chapter 6, verse 2, for these people tried to figure it out, says, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. What happens when the Word of God is being taught? Faith is coming faith comes by hearing Jesus always taught that was our first lesson preaching teaching and healing he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying now look at this this is where this is where the religious thinking comes in and shuts down the healing power of God they tried to figure it out from whence hath this man these things and what wisdom is this which is given to him look at this they saw what was going on But they tried to figure it out, how come God couldn't use Jesus. It says that that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Such mighty works were worked by his hands. That tells me that Jesus did a lot of hands laying on. He said, what is this? We can't figure out who he is. Now this next verse, I don't have it in the notes there, but uh, so it may not be on screen. But look at this in your Bible. They said, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? I went through that. Isn't this Bertie, The truck driver? Isn't he the son of, of, of so-and-so and so-and-so, the drinkers? Aren't they the party people? Isn't that the family, the thugs? Who's Bertie think he is? I went through that. But you know who I was? I wasn't who I used to be. I was a born again, Holy Ghost filled, walking in love, walking in faith. My mind renewed to the word of God obeyed the word of God when I laid hands on people and mighty works. I cannot tell you how many blind people I've laid hands on and got healed. How many deaf people? I've made countless numbers of cancers, lung disease, everything you can think of through my hands because my faith was always Jesus said to do it and I'm just going to do it. And i want to keep you reading this, but I just want to tell you something to help your thinking. I learned this a long time ago and you've got to get it too. How many here believe that Jesus never lies? Amen. Amen. Well, if he never lies, at He seven, we lay hands on people, recovery starts. Guess what? Recovery starts. You know, the only, you know the only thing that stops that recovery is the one you laid the hands on. And so, so many times when I pray for people up here, I tell them, I've done my part. And now Jesus said, if I do that, He's got recovery working in you. And so you got to do your part. I've done my part. Jesus is doing his part. Now your part is keep thanking him for what he's doing. And when people don't do their part and it stops, I would never say, I would never, ever say it a 100 million years. Jesus didn't heal them. No, he said they shall recover. So Jesus did his part. But he also said that you'll have what you say. And so as soon as a person says it must not be working, they just shut it off. They stopped it. Is this helping anybody? And I said that to you for this reason. When you pray for somebody, if something happens and it goes the other way, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't God's fault because he told you and I I can't say any stronger. Jesus doesn't lie. He said, when believers lay hands on the sick at his name, they shall recover. Amen. Amen. So look at this here now. And so it says that, isn't this just to Jesus, the brother of James and, and Joseph and Judah and Simon and not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own home. Do you know that today, if I went back to Indiana, there's people that grew up with me, people from my family, other people, that they wouldn't sit and receive from me right now like you are. You know why? Well, we no, he was. He's the one that did this. He's the one that did that. Well, we know how he used to live. We know what he used to do. Well, we know who this is. Let that family live on the other side of the tracks. Hey, I'm down the middle of the tracks now. I'm walking with Jesus. Hey, man, I don't live on either side of the tracks. I'm going down the middle of Jesus. And so it doesn't make any difference what I used to do. It's who I am now. And so for you, just know this. Don't get upset if you try to help your own family or people you used to know. Whoever they are, they get offended to you because all they see, I think about Joe back there. My old buddy Joe. I think about Joe people from where Joe used to come from they still see Joe but Joe's not old Joe anymore he's a new Joe amen Amen. I think about every one of you people that see you this principle worked for you're not without honor except for the people that knew you before and so you don't get offended if they don't want you to do anything for them and so what do you do you got your eyes open every day in the Walmart on the job places you go People that receive what you've got, you help them, they don't receive it, or you do just pray for them and be sad because you could have helped them. Amen. Amen. And so anyway, it says, he said that, except his own house, and look at verse five. This is Jesus. He could there do no mighty works, talking about the gifts of the Spirit and really, really, really big things, except, look at this again, he laid his hands. Laying on our hands is a New Testament doctrine. Laying on the hands is Old Testament. He laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Look at your hands again. Look at your hands. Say, there's healing in my hands. Amen. And so he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. But verse 6, again, is like that first lesson I taught. He marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages teaching. The only cure for lack of faith is to teach the word. Is to teach the word. That's why I've always, 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 when I go, if it's church people and things like that now, I don't make many hospital calls, but I always carried a Bible with me when I went to a prison, a jail, or or a hospital, or a nursing home to minister to people, because if they were coherent enough to see the words of the Bible, I would show them. Mark 16, I say, Jesus said right here that if I lay hands on you, because I'm a believer, you'll recover. I'd show them in the Bible, because what was I doing? Doing what Jesus I was teaching them. Jesus said it, and that builds up faith in a people. You'd be surprised how many people have been church people all their lives and don't hardly know any Bible at all. I remember one time we were knocking on a door. This old woman, I guess that she was probably close to 90 years old. And we we was talking to her. We had salvation tracts. We had out too. It was about how to be born again. I'll never forget this old woman. I know she's been dead for a lot of years now. But we talked to her. I said, did you know that Jesus said you must be born again? And before she slammed the door on her face, she said, my church was around a long time before this born again stuff started. You think we didn't cry and pray? We thought this old woman was probably going to church since she's a little girl. And she's up as old as she was. thought, man, she's close to meeting eternity. And if you're that old and you're firmly against the born again salvation, you don't say, Jesus, I was a church member all my life. He says church members don't go to heaven. Born again Christians go to heaven. That's why I'm saying that's why it's so, that's so why it's so important to be somebody that knows how to show people the Bible. And so the only care for lack of faith is to teach the word. Now look at John 14, 12. Have you got your shouting clothes on? Okay. All right. John 14, 12. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me. i got to keep asking this. I'm a Bible teacher, and a Bible teacher talks to the students and I gets interaction. I don't have a blackboard up here like we used to have a school. when I went to school, so you look at things up there and do things like that. But you've got your Bible and we've got the PowerPoint. So he that believeth on me. And so I want to ask this again. How many believe on Jesus? Amen. All right. Say this and say, he's talking to me because I believe on him. He be- that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. The works that I do, shall he do also. Did we just see in Mark chapter 6? That it says, such mighty works are wrought by his hands. The works that I do, shall he do also. The works that I do, shall he do also. I wish there was some way I could really, really, really get everybody in my realm of influence totally changed. That everywhere they go, they got the answer to sickness disease right here in their hands. If people would just get a hold of that, Jesus said the works that he did. It says such mighty works are wrought by his hands. And my confidence probably 35 years ago at least really shifted from looking at me and how spiritual I was to recognizing whether I was having a good day or a bad day, Jesus was having no bad days. And Jesus did not say, these signs shall follow them that believe if they got to spend 15 hours in prayer yesterday these signs follow them that believe unless they got so caught up having to work overtime and miss church for two weeks and they don't feel very spiritual it won't follow them. He said, these signs follow them that believe. We live life. Sometimes we're stretched out doing all kinds of natural things we don't want to do. Our heart's crying out we want lone time with Jesus. We want to unhook, read our Bibles and pray and just get real spiritual again. It has nothing to do with how spiritual you are. Has everything to do with who he is, and so some of my worst times, worst times. Uh, I told a couple weeks ago about that lady came in here on a Wednesday night that had cataracts, and uh, she wasn't she wasn't one of our regular people. She occasionally visited, but she came in. she was probably about I'd say in her fifties. Came up here to the light on a Wednesday night. I, I did a good Wednesday night sermon, whatever it was about. Come up there, man. I tell you what, I felt I, I felt about as spiritual as a dead frog. Come up there, and she wanted prayer for that. As she was sincere, she was crying, she wanted her eyes healed, and so I laid hands on her that immediately. Right up here on a Wednesday night, a woman got her sight back, cataracts gone, they disappeared like that. Because my confidence wasn't in me. My confidence is what Jesus said to do. And so many times people come up this prayer line. And I'm never going to tell you, man, you don't know how spiritual I don't feel right now. I always say the same thing. When people come up here and say, Jesus is the one that said, lay my hands on you. I say, you're the sick, I'm the believer, and he's Jesus. But I say, we got everything we need. You're sick, I'm a believer, he's Jesus. This is my hands. And then I always say, when I lay my hands on you, what's going to happen? I have to say, I hope so. I say, wait a minute, we have to go to school again. You're the sick. I'm the believer. Here's he's Jesus. He said, "Put my hands on you, get healed." Amen. One more story. Hey, we're not gonna run out of time. Go ahead and clap. That's a good time to get excited. Amen. One more time. And this 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 is a person that's in our church. Uh, well, matter of fact, he got married at another church, but his family still goes to this church. Uh, we had we had one guy started coming here years ago. Ex-military guy. He'd had a bad back all of his life. He'd always been on—I don't know, call it dope or whatever—some kind of all kinds of medicine. He'd been through a lot of things, and I taught these things. And so then one—it one, one, might have been a midweek service. He came up here when I was teaching. He's laying on hands, and he said, "Pastor, I want you to lay hands on me for my back." And I already knew his history because he told me, He'd "Been through a lot of things." And so then when he came up there, I said, "Okay, what's going to happen when my hand touches you?" He said, "I'm going to get healed." So I laid my hand on him, at his back got healed. And so then, for years, he always told us. I'd ask him sometimes. I'd test him. Been a service like this, and you know. I'd I might say, "Danielle, what happened to you?" Well, I'd say, "What happened to you?" He said, "I'd had this paid for uh, like 30 years," and he said, "It's been gone." I ever says, "Pastor, pray for me." It's gone, not because I was a pastor, because I was a believer. Well, anyway, I was telling that story one Sunday morning had this guy here, and uh, he came up here as a young guy. But then he's probably about 30 years old. Sunday morning, had people all across the altar. He came up there. He said, you know what? You told that story this morning, the story I just told you about the man. And he said, I was born with whatever it was called, curvature of the spine. And he's a pretty big, tall, healthy boy. And uh, boy, man, but whatever boy to me. But anyway, he came up, and I, I asked him the same question. I said, now what's gonna happen I lay my hand on you? This guy was bored with this and had it all of his life. He said, when you lay your hand on me, I'm gonna receive my healing. And so I laid my hand on him like that. And then before he could think, because people's minds kick in, before he could think, I said, bend over and touch your toes. He did that and he come up crying. He said, that's the first time in my whole life I've ever touched my toes. As so I said, do it again. And he was going up and down doing that. And his dad and mom and all his brothers were sitting right over here. And they all started bawling and crying. Because why? He was the sick. I'm a believer. And Jesus is Jesus. I did what he said. Amen. And then, and then, go ahead. These are real things from real people. And don't get your eyes off me. But while you're a preacher, I'm a believer first. There's a lot of preachers that aren't believers, and these signs don't follow them. But you get a believer, whether they're a preacher or whether they're a believer, Jesus said these signs should follow. So anyway, a year or two later, the family was talking to me after Sunday morning service, and they every year they had this ritual they did once a year. We used to do this too. They had lines drawn on the wall right there of all the kids' names on them. They could do this and measure how much they grew. Well, that guy had been an adult for a while, so for years he was the same height. Well, he said, this year we got up there and I think he's either one or two inches taller. They said, how'd that happen? How'd he grow again? They said, wait a minute. Your spine straightened up. That's why you're taller now. Amen. This is real, 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 real. Say this. Say, I'm a believer. Jesus is Jesus. I have hands. All I need is a sick person for Jesus to heal them. Through my hands, Amen, 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 and so Jesus said, "What, glory to God, yeah." He said, "At greater works than these do because they go to my Father." And so, who did Jesus say would do the same works as Him? Those that believe. Those that believe. I really, before I get done, with this, I've got to get this into you. He did not say those that are super spiritual. He didn't say, unless your wife's more spiritual than you, she can do all the praying. How many goofy marriages have I seen where the husbands say, my wife does all the praying, she's more spiritual than I am. How more spiritual can you be than to be born again? Your wife might have more time and she might consecrate herself more than you. But if you're a believer, said these signs shall follow. And so, Mark 6, 2, mighty works done by his hands. And so, say this one more time. I lay hands on the sick in Jesus' name, and they do recover. All right, I want you to look at one more verse. Actually, going to be two more, but that's what we do. We always say one more, if we're honest about it. Philippians <laughs> two thirteen. This is why it works. This is why it works. Philippians 2:13. Now look at this, for it is God which worketh in you. It's God working through us. It's not you. It's not you. Do your best to live clean. Do your blessed, best to live holy. Do your blessed, do your best to repent if you do wrong. I would say it again do your best if you're doing wrong to straighten up and do right but the fact of the matter is it's not because of your good works you were saved it's by his grace amen your good works didn't get you saved so your good works aren't going to cause him to use you when somebody's crying out for help and you got the answer amen it's Jesus in you for as God which worketh what, what kind of what are we supposed to be doing the works of Jesus the works that I do why did he do them well, when you read the Gospels, Jesus always says, My Father in me, he doeth the works. Amen. Says, just registered with people. He says, My Father in me, he doeth the works. He said, I only do what he tells me to do. I only say what he tells me to say. He said, I do what I see my Father do. Well, I saw my Lord and Savior lay hands on the sick. And the Bible called that works. And so here, Philippians 2.13 says, It's God that worketh in you, both to will, to do him his good pleasure. And once you get over that mental roadblock, once you get over that mental roadblock, that you have to feel something to pray for somebody, then Jesus can use you. Once you realize, once you realize, it's not because I had a good day today, but I will go pray for somebody. When you're out there in the workplace like I was, for all those years, would you believe I drove big wheelers, AT wheelers, big trucks for 28 years? I got to go some places. I got to see some people. I remember one guy, one time, one more story that I'm going to finish this up. But these stories come out because they're so real, their everyday life for where you are. I remember there was this, there was this guy, there used to be a department store, I delivered you all the time, a lot of stores. But this one time there's this guy, he wasn't a, a spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian, but he was a good Christian. He went to a good denominational church, didn't believe in healing. And I all the time, I witnessed to him, preached to him, talked to him about the things we're talking about, now, about how how much Jesus wanted to heal people. Come in there one day, and this guy had had like double-barrel snot. I mean, man, I went into this place to deliver him. It was wintertime. In Indiana, it, it, it's cold, snows, ice, rains, and it's really, really hard to work 20 below zero and you're all wet from the snow and everything, went in there, this guy, I said, hey, how you doing? And man, that guy was just snot everywhere like that. And I I just, I I act by reflex, reflective actions. And you know, a lot of things in life, when you've been trained a long time on your jobs and things, a lot of things you don't think from your head, you just do things. Well, all the time when I was out there around people, I bypassed my thinking and just let my spirit rule. So as soon as I said hi to this guy, how you do? I saw that snot, and he told me how horrible he's feeling. My hand went up and touched his head. And I said, be healed the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, right before my eyes, the snot dried up. And the guy looked at me and said, it's good. It's good. I said, yeah, it is. Jesus did that. And so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, wherever you go, wherever you go, one of the best witnessing tools you have is your hands. Amen. Amen. All it takes. I can't tell you how many times we've been at a restaurant or a cashier someplace. And they say something like, oh, man, I'm having a horrible day. I've had this headache all week long. And I go to pay my bill. I put the latch on their hand. And I say, can I pray for you? Well, they're caught off guard right then, right there. And you got their hand anyway. And I say, and then I start praying. I release the anointing of God and I can tell you probably thousands of times over the years we have seen these people, these servers just hey, oh it's gone. Why is that? They're the sick. I'm the believer. He's Jesus. That's my hands. Okay, one more thing I want to do is look at Mark 16 as we close. And remember that it's God in you. It's God in you doing the works. Jesus and his word are one and the same. This is Jesus talking to you because you're a believer. He's not talking to the world. They got hands, but they don't have Jesus in them. I, I'm going to read this, but there's, I just want to keep on saying things to get a hold of it. It's one thing when an unsaved person visits a hospital room that has no Jesus in them, and they'll tap their hand, they'll rub their head, and stuff like that. They don't have the anointing. It's impossible them to have anointing in them because it comes from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes in when you're born again. But, But that's a natural thing to do is to touch somebody if they're sick. It's a supernatural thing to do when you're a believer and you touch the sick. That goes from natural to supernatural. Amen. Can you see that? We are supernatural people because the anointing of God on natural things transforms them from just a natural thing and a good thing to a supernatural. Politicians are like preachers. They talk a lot. But unless they're born again politician, they don't have anointing. Preachers and politicians can see the same because we're talking about what we believe but we're anointed because we're talking about Jesus the teacher of the Bible the anointing comes out politicians talk and you know I, I just, I'm not going down that road but anyway they can make you feel good for a minute until you find out they're lying hey man just go fill up your gas tank and say wow go buy a loaf of bread or a dozen eggs say wow that's not what they said they are going to do Jesus said it, he will do it. Mark 16, 17 and 20 says, these shall all them believe. Into verse 18. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now here is where we end at. Verse 19, after the Lord spoke unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Now look at this. They went forth and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. 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 Working with who? The believers. Believers. And what did he do? He confirmed the word with signs following. He confirmed the word with signs following. I want to say this again. Always tell people what the Bible says. And when possible, show them the Bible. Always tell them what the Bible says. And so, as a believer, there is healing in your hands. Amen. As a believer, there is healing in your hands. Look at your hands one more time. Look at your hands. Say, hands. God has called you to take healing to people. I'm a spirit being on the inside. I'm not afraid because all I'm doing is telling them what Jesus said. Jesus said, they're the sick. I'm the believer. This is my hands. And in Jesus' name, when I pray for you, you're going to start getting better. Amen, 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 amen. Let's stand up. And I, I want to tell you this, that uh, I've said it every which way I know to say it. For, man, probably 35 or 40 years, I have not been afraid to tell somebody on a deathbed, a small sickness, or whatever it was, that when I pray for you, Jesus is going to heal you. And the reason I haven't been afraid to say that, because, you know, if your head gets in the way, say, well, I couldn't say that. What if it doesn't happen? Well, what if it does? <laughs> Amen. That's so all i have doing. You saying what Jesus said. Jesus said believers are supposed to lay hands on the sick and they recover. And go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go through the book of Acts and look at all the cases where Jesus and believers laid hands on people and they got healed. And you're going to be amazed at how many times you see that. So anyway, uh, there to be a chapter out in the book of Acts. The believers of Barstow hand round, laying hands on people everywhere and they recovered amen Amen. amen. <laughs> alright hallelujah praise God you know what just as, a, just, as a, just as a spiritual fact I'm up here to pray for people but I, we, we, we've got probably 30-40 people or more in here that are just as qualified as me to pray for people because you got hands in your believers because I'm not going to heal anybody. But Jesus is through me. And same thing for you. If you're a born again believer. You're with Jesus. You got just as much of what I got. Because Jesus is what's going to use you. Amen. But anyway, Mrs. Pastor. And, and ones come on up here that, that are on the prayer team. And we want to pray for you. If you are sick. And I'll take it one step higher. If you have been timid. And afraid to pray for people that let me lay hands on you for boldness, that you'll step out of that fear world and step into the Jesus world of being obedient, start praying for people. I can promise you this week, all of a sudden, you're going to be much more aware that somebody around you tells them how bad they feel, how sick they are. Or what I used to do when I was a truck driver, every time a customer, a fellow dock worker, somebody told me, said, you know what, Pastor? My little girl's in the hospital. You know what the first thing I was? I always said, Where she's at? Can I go pray for her? Somebody tell me, Pastor, would you say a prayer, a little prayer for my mom? No, oh, not Pastor. Bertie, because they knew I had a reputation, to say, My mom's in the hospital. We say a little prayer for her. I said, No, I'm not gonna say a little prayer for her. Can I go see her? And of course I said a little prayer for her, but every time I heard the word sick, hospital, somebody messed up like that. My first thought was, what can I do to get to them? I want to put some hands on him Because that's how real this is to me. And I pray that this becomes that real to you. You'll want to do everything you can to get to them. And when I get a prayer request today for somebody who lives thousands of miles away, the first thing I pray is, Lord, send a believer to them to lay hands on them. Whether it's a nurse, a hospital worker, or somebody else, have somebody get there has got hands to so lay hands on them. Because Jesus is big on the hands business. Amen. Well, we're up here. And if you need prayer, come on up here, we're going to lay hands on you. Amen. Promised you and Let me just say one more thing. Wait a minute, Josh. If you if you're a believer, if you're a believer and you're a real believer and you want to pray for somebody, come up here, just not every week, but this time. Come up here. If you never prayed for somebody before, come up here and let Jesus use your hands. I see your order started got ahead of it. He knew it. Amen. 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 All right.
3: Your promise still stands. and Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence But you never failed me Your promise still stands And great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence Never failed me I've seen you move You move the mountains And I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Where there was no way I believe, I'll see you do it again, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe, I'll see you do it again. stands. How great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my comfort. Fit. I'll see you do it again Your promise still stands And great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence That you never failed me
1: Well, you can go ahead and be seated. All right. Thank you for sticking around with us. Uh, we're really excited that uh, we get to do a couple of baptisms tonight, too. And that's the last few uh, rounds of baptisms. We've been doing them on Sunday nights as well. And uh, that's just been awesome to get to uh, do it both services. So this morning, I believe we baptized 20 or 22 people. And tonight, we're going to be doing two more. So let's give it up for Jesus. Amen. Jesus is winning. We love it. Hallelujah. Well, uh, the first one, um, Xavier, if, uh, his family wants to come up for pictures and stuff, they can come right up here on the platform. And we're gonna have Xavier coming in to get baptized first, alright? Water feels good, buddy. It's okay.
5: It's so fat. It's okay. It's good. <laughs>
1: All right, we love seeing these young Oh, he's feeling it. (laughs) All right. Xavier, I'm going to ask you a few questions. First of all, how old are you? Ten. Ten years old. All right, we got a ten-year-old getting baptized. That's good news. Amen. All right. So, Xavier, uh, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yeah. Do you believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Mm -hmm. Okay, stand right over here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now hold your oh, nose. Okay, you're in the face silence. You ready? Fight. Upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs>
0: <I did it! laughs> All right,
1: that's one of my favorites. That
0: <laughs> All right.
1: All right. about and next up we have Sherry. So if Sherry's family uh, wants to come up uh, for some pictures, they can do that. Amen. Come on to the rail. That's all right. Water feels good. Yeah. Alright, very good. So this is Sherry and she's been with us a few weeks now and she's given her life to Jesus and she is fully committed. Amen. We're excited about this. <laughs> yeah. Her daughter grew up in our youth group, so she's one of our teenagers from a long time ago. But um, let me ask you a few questions, Sherry. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. You believe that he's God's son and that he died and rose again? Amen. Okay. Let me have you stand right up here. Okay. Go ahead and hold your nose. Tight. Okay. Then upon the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. Well, we are excited for everybody that's been baptized today. It's been an awesome day at High Desert Word Center. We're seeing the kingdom of heaven growing, and that's what this is all about. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let Pastor Katie dismiss uh, the service. She's going to close in prayer and do the Barstow Faith Confession, and we'll see everybody Wednesday night. Amen. Love you guys.
2: Amen. James, do you want to just come with me, bud? You haven't gotten to do that in a long time. I love you, young man. Here, come here so I can hold the mic for both of us. Are you going to pray out too? Sure. Okay. Sure. Remember to remember to pray, you know, that we remember the word tonight so we can heal people. All yeah, right. that the Lord can heal people through us. All right. Okay.
5: In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for the day that you made for us. I pray that we can be. Bless and rejoice in the one that we're about to have, Lord. I thank you for the sermon that Pastor has gave us today, Lord. I pray that um, we can all be healthy, whole, and healed from the tops of our heads to the bottoms of our feet, Lord. And I pray that any sickness that comes to our body instantly dies, Lord. And I uh, pray that we can all help heal people this week, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, ready? You know I got her than me. Ready? Yes. Go.
2: Don't forget your November